When things are hard, not just for us, but the entire world, outside of our bubbles and beyond, it can feel like there is nowhere to turn to. It can be hard to feel like there is something worth hoping for when everything you see around you seems to be falling apart. But it's up to us as individuals to find these pockets of joy in moments of great despair. Turn off the news. Put your phone on do not disturb. Be still. Relax your shoulders. Close your eyes and take a deep breath. (sighs) Feels good, right? We have to figure out ways to cope, to heal, to understand when our psyche needs shelter from all this information overload that's giving us anxiety. And that is a journey. But today we're going to talk about taking the first steps. My name is Helena Rampersad. Welcome to the second episode of the Rampersad Ramble. Things have gotten a lot worse with the coronavirus. You don't need me to tell you that. So many people that I know personally have contracted coronavirus or have had someone in their family contract it, and so many people have passed. And I am sorry. I am so, so sorry. I'm sorry for my friends, for my city, for all of us. We're all hearing these horror stories, experiencing them, and we can sense the fear in our communities. And all of that is valid. That fear is valid. But at the same time, we all have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and to take care of each other. Recognize our privileges because even in these circumstances, So many of us are taking them for granted. I'm not a psychologist or a guru or some wise sage. I just want to share my thoughts with you, human to human. Because even though we are all unique and different, we are all still so much the same. You feel me? So how do we feel better? How do we cope when the world is upside down and we don't know if it will ever go back to the way it was? I hate to break it to you, but it will not be the same. This pandemic is going to be an event that shapes a lot of our lives and our experiences. So much is changing because of it and we can't deny that. We can't deny that This is something we're going to look back to and it's going to just hold such a great amount of significance. Once this is over, we're all going to have different outlooks on life and society, for better or for worse. But even though things will be different, the good moments are going to taste that much sweeter. 
Just think about the first time you're going to get together with all of your friends or your family and you're all laughing and hugging each other and just bouncing off one another's vibes. Maybe you'll go to dinner at your favorite restaurant. That is going to be such a treasurable moment. Any other instance, it would not have meant so much. Think about going back to school or work for the first time. Who would have thought we would have missed that? And of course, all the praise in the world goes to the essential workers, all the healthcare workers, the grocery store employees, bus drivers. I'll never be able to sing your praises enough. And I really hope people are going to treat these employees with more respect because I think in the past, they were just unsung heroes. Nobody really paid them any mind. But I'm glad that they're now starting to get all the honor and respect that they deserve because they're the real ones. So thank you. And to my people that lost their jobs, hang in there. I'm rooting for you. And I know that words are not enough in these kinds of moments. I understand that. And I feel empathy for you. Um, and to those of you that are listening, just a little thing. Always choose empathy over pity. Pity is kind of degrading. Um, it, it shows status. It exerts, exerts status. And sometimes that's false. Because none of us are superior to any other people to any other person so always choose empathy because no one is above anyone else so let's talk about working from home it's not all sunshine and roses like we thought it would be i mean yes you can work in your pajamas and you have your entire kitchen pantry to snack on during the work day but you're probably going a little crazy it's okay we're all going a little crazy. There's no shame here. <laughs> I think I think when the first few people started working from home, we all knew it would it was serious. That was a serious matter and that it would be serious. But I don't think it really clicked. I've been at home for a whole month now and in my head, I knew that this process would have lasted months. But I didn't stop to think about what it would feel like. So right now, I'm still finishing up my last semester of undergrad. I'm still working remotely as a social media and marketing assistant for my school. And I'm working remotely for my internship. And I also have these little side things. Like right now, I'm editor-in-chief for my college's literary magazine. I have all my little side hustles. Um, and it's, they add up, you know? So when I was actively on the go, physically out and about in the world, traveling and doing all of these things, I kept saying to myself, oh, I want a break, this is a lot, and I need to slow down. Um, but all I knew, or all I was choosing to recognize was that I was tired. I, I never really stopped to think about how much I was actually doing and how much was on my plate and all of these expectations I had and was fulfilling. And I did give myself a break eventually, um, which was this week of spring break for my school. And if you listen to the first episode of this podcast, you'll know that the week right after that is when I started staying home. And now that I'm home, I'm actually doing a lot more work 
than I was before that, which is surprising. And I'm not happy to say that I've overworked myself a lot in the past. Um, and I'm trying really hard not to do that right now. I'm going to make a separate episode on overworking as its own topic within the next two weeks because I just have so much I'm still learning about that and and how, so much that I want to express. Um, but I will say that one good thing that has come out of me working from home is that I've been able to take a step back and reflect on how much I actually do. And I honestly, I'm kind of impressed with myself and I'm not ashamed to say that like I do a lot and I think a lot of us in general um especially when we're busy we don't stop and give ourselves credit for what we do I think the biggest lesson that I have learned from this whole social distancing quarantine experience thus far has been learning to pat myself on the back and celebrate my effort just as much as my victories. Because the time I spend working makes a difference in the world, and that in itself is powerful. And I think that's just a healthy mindset to adopt. Every minute you spend working towards a goal is just as important as that end result, if not more important, because that's the foundation. You know, every step of the ladder is important, you know? So now, a healthy habit I think we should all adopt is practicing gratitude. I know it sounds very cheesy. I know that something you see in magazines and Instagram captions, different reiterations are probably, you know, book titles. But what exactly does that mean? What does practicing gratitude mean? I personally believe that practicing gratitude is what it means to be conscious. It's something that takes a lot of observation and reflection and just a few seconds of that inner silencing that comes with practicing this will ultimately make you feel better. Practicing gratitude is more than just saying the words thank you. We say thank you blindly these days. We say it without thinking, without feeling, without looking at the person we're saying it to. Sometimes we say sarcastically. The word itself has almost become a reflex. It's not something we're really putting thought in. And, you know, we're just taught to say it. So now when, some, when something happens, when somebody opens the door for us, we don't think about it. We just say thank you. And that's just an example of the many instances where we say it without actually having that emotional aspect of it backing it up. Now, of course, saying thank you should always come from a genuine place. And I believe that's what we should all strive for. And I, as I mentioned before, it's that's why it's important to be conscious. That's why I feel like they're not synonymous, but they're very close. Um, because saying thank you or being grateful for something requires you to pay attention saying thank you in meaning it requires you to slow down and to really process what's happening in the world and just being aware of how you're feeling and whatever it is that's making you feel some type of way will one 
make you feel good if it's a good thing that's happening you know you'll you'll feel better and you'll feel loved you'll feel seen and on the flip side if it's something that's making you feel negative and you're and you're consciously paying attention to that you'll you'll know to avoid that type of thing in the future now there are many ways to practice gratitude and of course i can't talk about all of them but I will say that the reason it is especially important to practice it right now is because in this moment of time that we are living through, we have to remind ourselves that there is good in the world. You know, there is always an up to every down. There's a yin to the yang. And by practicing gratitude, we're actually inviting more positive energy into our lives. Ever heard the phrase, what you think about, you bring about? It's very true. Vibes do matter. And you want to set out the type of energy you want to receive and stop taking things for granted. So a little practice I started when I was in high school was creating these gratitude lists. I hadn't learned it from everywhere. I just remember being sad one day and this is what I decided to do in that moment to make myself feel better. And I didn't realize that that was what I was doing. I didn't realize I was practicing gratitude. All I knew is that I wanted to focus on positivity and just try to get myself feeling good. So I sat down and wrote a list and that's it. Basically, the questions I asked myself um, was what makes me happy? What are the things that I enjoy? People whose company I enjoy? Foods, smells, dreams, anything. What have I experienced on my time here on earth so far that I have enjoyed? Even if it's just for a split moment. I think when people ask themselves these types of questions and and try to do some soul searching, they come up with these grandiose, complicated, long, inspirational answers, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is just for yourself. No one is going to see it except you. And I personally, from my experience doing this, I love when I discover all these simple things that I'm grateful grateful for, because, you know, it's the little things that matter. Um, And I've written many lists since that first one in high school, but I still remember a lot of the things I wrote that day, and I'm not really sure why. I think that moment was just such an awakening for me that it's literally imprinted in my brain. It's so interesting to think about what our minds hold on to. And of course, the things that matter most are, are these little things that our souls kind of add to this collage of little treasures from our lives. Um... Uh, yeah, that's how I like to think about it. And anyway, it was like around 11 when I did it that first time. And I was alone in the front room of my house. And I just wrote my list in this teeny tiny notebook that I have. Um, and had all these like Indian looking designs and sequins on it. Um, and I just, you know, went at it for a long time. I don't even remember how long I was doing it. Um, and that little notebook became my designated gratitude journal. And whenever I was feeling down, I would go take five minutes to write a list. And sometimes at the end of the week, I'd write a list or the end of the month, I'd write a list. And it didn't didn't matter anymore if I was feeling happy or sad. I would just do it. Um, And when I was bored, 
I would reread the list and just, you know, flip through the pages of the book. And then I noticed that there were things that were double or triple listed. And it's just interesting to be like, oh, wow, that one little thing really means a lot to me. And I just never noticed it before. And also the important thing about this whole entire thing is, again, that it should be something very personal. It should be something that feels natural. I wrote my list in a book with a pen and a paper because I just enjoy that physical action of the pen gliding across a page. I feel like it makes me think better. Wow. Wow, guys. I just learned another little thing that I'm grateful for by talking about it. But anyway, as for you guys, um, you'll probably write it on the back of a receipt one day because that's what's handy and you're a little stressed. Or maybe you'll write it on your laptop or the notes app on your phone. Maybe it's just a mental thing and you do it before bed, you know, while you're trying to sleep or you're saying it out loud to a partner or a friend. There shouldn't really be any rules. It's just whatever works for you. You can write it on a napkin and throw it away. You don't need to actually hold on to the words because once you have created the list in whatever fashion you have decided, the act of gratitude has already been done. I still have that little notebook of mine because I like to reread everything from time to time. But that first list will always be my favorite. And of course, I wrote big things on it like family, friends, health, shelter. But those are all really broad umbrella terms. The key is to be specific. The more specific you are, the better you'll feel because you're going on an internal search almost. And finding all of these things that mean something to you, um, it's just nice. And once you recognize these things, when you experience, when you experience them again un- for the next time, they'll feel a little more sacred. So on that first list, I wrote more specific things as I was digging deeper and deeper and really learning more about the things that I actually liked. One of the things I wrote which I found surprising, was yellow. And I said it in the last episode that yellow was my favorite color. All my friends know this. My family knows this. And we all have a favorite color, but we're kind of jaded to it. It's just that, you know, you don't really think about it. Somebody's like, oh, what's your favorite color? You'd be like, oh, yeah, I like yellow. And that's it. It, That's never anything more than that. But to be honest, I don't want to live in a world where there's nothing yellow. That sounds crazy, but think about it. What's your favorite color? Is your favorite color for a reason? Can you imagine living in a world where your favorite color just disappeared one day? Now, maybe you wouldn't have noticed, but again, gratitude is consciousness. Every time you see something that's your favorite color, even if it's for a split second, it sparks something in you. That's a split second of happiness right there. And I'm grateful for that split second. Another thing I wrote was chocolate ice cream. I'm glad I have been able to taste chocolate ice cream. It's my favorite flavor. I'd be sad if I never got to eat chocolate ice cream again. Um, And another thing I wrote, and this is actually my favorite, I think, is that feeling when you've been outside in the cold for a really long time on a winter day and then you step into a warm home or a warm building for the first time since that long time and you just feel the heat envelop you wraps it wraps itself around you like a warm hug all over your body as you pretty much thaw out i love that feeling you guys know that feeling and i'm grateful for it 
I'm grateful for those all but two seconds that it happens in. And we all have these little things like that that make life special, like these little special moments. I even did this exercise right before I started recording this podcast. And some of the things that I wrote were, let's see, toilet paper. Because <laughs> we all know how important that is and how scarce it can be because some people are hoarding it right now. I'm grateful for medicine, for tea with ginger that I can drink when my throat feels sore, for internet connection, so that even with all the craziness in the world right now, I can still earn my college degree. So you see, we all have these little things that we enjoy, and we all know the macro things that we should be grateful for, and they matter, of course, but the micro things are just as important. And these small little facets of our life are the things that make our journeys what they are. It's what makes life worth living. And we never focus on them enough. Gratitude itself is a prayer. Count your blessings, please. Don't take them for granted. Because in a world like this where everything is changing, gratitude is what grounds us. And it's what keeps us bountiful and hopeful and eventually happier. We're blessed. We really are, guys. And so another thing that I think is important to practice during this time of social distancing where, when we're all home is to just find alone time. If you're home with all your family members, maybe it's really loud, lots of loud personalities, or maybe it's not so loud and everybody's quiet, but even then, it's you need that time with yourself. You need a little bit of space. Everyone does. Whether that's waking up 30 minutes before everyone else so you can get a jump start on your day and have that 30 minutes of silence to meditate or to start working, work out, um... Or maybe it's when you're going for your daily walk. Um, Just make sure you set a time when you can get away from everything and everyone else and just breathe. Be with yourself. Don't be on your phone. Do anything. Just, you know, unwind for a little bit throughout the day. That's really important. So now, let's talk about information overload. We live in the age of having every bit of information that you could possibly want at your fingertips. And that's just stressing us out even more. You should not be watching the news all day, okay? You don't need to. Turn off the notifications on your phone. Designate certain times of the day that you'll watch the news or just read up on stuff. There is no real reason that you need an update every minute on what's happening. That's just adding to your anxiety, your restlessness, and your fear. And I know, I know it's hard to avoid technology when we're all having Zoom meetings and we can only talk to our family members over FaceTime, but too much screen time is toxic. We all know this, but we're choosing to ignore it. And I think because everyone is home and everyone's bored, they just hop online and then they get more frustrated. Personally, quarantine has made me really averse to social media. I've just been finding it really draining lately, 
and those of you that follow me on Instagram have probably noticed that because I, I just stopped posting quotes for a little bit. Um, and just noticing that it's draining, that's just important to me because then I say to myself, okay, I need a break from this. What else can I do to preoccupy my time or preoccupy myself? And there's usually a whole slew of things that I can be doing instead. The addictive qualities of Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is that you're using, it's it's eating away at all of us. And that underlying uncertainty that we're feeling right now is growing because of that. And I'm not saying you should completely get rid of it. I mean, of course I'm not saying that. But you need to start implementing limits. I've learned from my experience that it's really just hard to stop doing something cold turkey or just to even say, okay, from now on, I'll only use social media for this many hours a day. Because what happens? You do it for a day. And then by the second or third, you give up because it's just too much newness at one time. So what I find is that working backwards is easier so you can ease into it. So maybe instead what you can say is, okay, tomorrow from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., not going to use social media. Delete the apps if you have to. Just really give yourself that break. And then the next day, maybe it's 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. So you can just ease into it. This way, number one, it doesn't feel like a punishment or like you're giving something away. What is it? It's just a break. That's all it is. It's giving your brain time to relax and so that all your nerves that are getting stimulated by all the memes and the notification of the people going on Instagram Live, all of that can just be absent for three hours a day. And in those three hours, you can do so much. You can complete a home project, take a nap. Well, that's a long nap, but you know. Or you could try a new recipe, you know? You never know. There's so many things you can do with that time. This brings me to my next topic. Social media trends for quarantine. I know that right now everyone is baking bread and making Dalgona coffee, you know, that whipped coffee. Don't feel like you have to do it too. I'm realizing, and a lot of people are telling me that they're doing it and they don't even know why. They're just seeing everyone else do it, and they want to look cool too, so, so you know, that's why they do it. And I mean, if you think it's fun, um, of course, you know, go ahead, you know, live your life and do things that you enjoy. But if you're doing it for the gram or for TikTok, don't even waste your time. It's really not worth hand-whipping instant coffee if you're not, if you don't know, you don't even enjoy the taste of coffee or, or you're averse to instant coffee, it's really not worth it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't post things, like, it's bad to post food or that's annoying. Because I post my food all the time on Snapchat. Um, and I bake a lot of things and I like to take pictures and post it. But it's different because baking is my hobby. It's something I actually enjoy doing. And when I cook, it's because I want to. I never do things solely for the purpose of posting it for other people to see. So maybe baking isn't your hobby, but you were in the mood to bake some cupcakes or bake banana bread and you you made it and you wanted to show it off. Like, that's different. 
everything goes back to motive. What do you want? If you couldn't post it, would you still want to make with um, coffee? Would you still want to break bread? Would that still be an enjoyable experience for you? You know? If yes, of course, go knock yourself out. But if not, why bother? It's really not worth it. You're not missing out on anything. Doing things for social media that you don't really like, that's just creating extra stress or an extra chore for you. For what, 10 seconds of clout? That's nothing. That's not adding anything to your life. You're allowed to refuse things. If you don't want to do that Instagram story bingo thing your friend tagged you in, you don't have to do it. Remember when Until Tomorrow posts were popular on Instagram for a hot minute? For those of you that don't know, basically what it is is someone posts like a bunch of embarrassing pictures or just one embarrassing picture of themselves on their feed and captures it until tomorrow. And then when someone else likes that post, the person, the original poster, DMs them and then there's like this little message and it's like, oh, you know, you have to do it. You have 24 hours, whatever. So I liked someone's until tomorrow per- tomorrow post. It was a girl I went to middle school with and, and she sent me that little DM, you know, oh, you have 24 hours to do it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely not. I did not do that. Mm-mm, nope, that is not for me. I didn't want to. And I didn't want to have to DM everybody that liked my post and tell them to do it. It's just not the type of thing I enjoy. Not that I think Instagram should be picture perfect, of course. Like, I think it's nice. It's a nice idea, you know. Everybody is being, like, normal and posting silly pictures. It's kind of supposed to be a humbling thing. But I just did not want to do it. That, I didn't want to be a part of it. Did not want to look for embarrassing pictures of myself. I don't really have that many. Not because I don't take embarrassing pictures. Because I do. I just delete them immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't do it. Um, and I also realize now that I left that girl on red and I feel kind of bad. But the point is, I didn't want to do it, so I didn't. Did anyone com- care that I didn't participate? No, no one even noticed. And I actually didn't even go on Instagram for a couple of days because I was afraid I was going to accidentally like somebody's Until Tomorrow post. And not that I would have felt pressured to do it because I knew I was not going to do it no matter what. I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to, you know, feel the need to explain myself to that person and be like, oh, you know, thanks for messaging me this. I mean, they're just doing it, though, because it's the chain. The point is... I didn't want to be a part of it, point blank, was not feeling it, so I didn't. And I know me saying this, it sounds like rudimentary knowledge, like, okay, what's the big deal? But still, everybody is doing things that they don't want to do to please others. How many of you were tagged in one of those Instagram story challenges that you didn't want to participate in, but did so because you felt obliged? A lot. Because you you don't want to be a spoil sport, but... You shouldn't have to feel that way. You know, you don't have to do things if you don't want to. And I know, again, it sounds simple. But if you think about it and think about your actions, even on, you know, again, that micro level, you're doing things you don't want to that you don't have to. There really isn't any type of punishment for not doing these things.
you have ownership of your life. Whether it's online or offline, under quarantine or not, you hold the reins. So act like it. It's time we take control of what we can and at the same time accept what we cannot. Take this time of social distancing to get closer to yourself. Listen to what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you. What are you getting too much of? What makes you feel happy? Do things for yourself. And then say thank you that you can do these things and mean it. Say thank you that you have the ability to say no. And treasure those moments. Treasure the moment you decide to do something for yourself and for your spirit. Something that makes you happy, you comfortable. Thank you for letting me share a little bit of your day with you with this episode. I'll talk to you guys soon on next week's ramble.